Hey everybody, I will cut right to the chase here. If you are in the mood for some no BS, straight talk, uh, you're in the right place. Uh, I recently sat down with NPC bodybuilding competitor and fellow coach Paige Sandgren and talked about all the things in a pretty free-flowing conversation. Um, we talked about her recent experience at North Americans where she narrowly missed out on her IFBB Pro card again Sooner or later, it's gonna happen. Uh, and also uh, talk about her future plans. We kind of break down some of her shots from that show as well um, and get her thoughts on uh, what she felt she did well and what she felt like she wanted to improve upon as well. Talk a little bit about coaching philosophies and also dig in on um, one of her specialties, which is helping people deal with binge eating behavior. So a good conversation all around. Uh, certainly, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you like, more interviews coming like this and more other videos as well. If you're listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, please, by all means, however you're watching this or listening to it, um, share it and tag me. I'm on Instagram at Darren underscore star. You can also check out all of my offerings online at fivestarphysique.com. All right, so without further ado, let's get to it. My interview with Paige Sandgren. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set, with your host, Darren Starr. All right, Paige Sangren, welcome to The Drop Set once again. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I say once again because we got about two minutes into our conversation and then my computer messed up. So we're, we're doing a quick reset here. So uh, so let me recap what we covered here. You are an NPC bodybuilder, a coach, mm -hmm. and also you said an mm -hmm. author slash poet. Yes. So I think that is super cool. Yes. I, I want to dig into that a little bit deeper, Thank but you. we want to we want to come back to that. So I asked you for your breakdown on North Americans, which just happened this last month. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, cut into the chase, you took third in women's bodybuilding as a heavyweight and second in physique, correct? Correct. And mm -hmm. ending the recap, and then we can be caught up and back in real time, you said you were sick during your prep. Tell us a little bit about that and like how long was the prep total? Uh, total, I think I started around like March. So it was, it was pretty long. Um, March, just kind of cleaning things up. Um, in a diet and whatnot, then I really ramped up cardio at the end. But um, I uh, had like you know, multiple infections, and then I had cellulitis in my ankle at one point. I went to the ER twice, couldn't do cardio. I know it was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I had like a bed bug scare with a with a bed frame, and it was just yeah, um, crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I um, and then you know issues with a, a couple. You know, people in the area and whatnot, friends, um, having to help them out. But uh, it was, I'm glad I still did show, but in retrospect for my health, probably should have waited, but that's okay. You know, I'm alive. Um, <laughs> it was uh, made me stronger. So now I know that if you get cellulitis, you should probably pull out of a show. Just don't keep rushing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, what caused that? Where did it come from? Uh, no, I think it was just like a, a bug bite of some sort. It was on my ankle, but all of a sudden it just blew up. And I was so swan I couldn't move my ankle. <laughs> man, man. It reminds me, you know, one of our, our dogs, uh, we'd say that one time, one night she ate a $300 bug because that was the vet oh. bill that we got from it. And she's just like, she had swelling all over her head and she just had to get some injectable Benadryl. <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, wow. And so talk a little bit about, because you did bodybuilding and physique and you said you've done just bodybuilding last year at North Americans. Right. Um, yeah. What is your take on the current situation between those two? Because there is a lot of crossover potential. Do you see that as more of a problem or just more of an opportunity? Uh, kind of both. I mean, the reason why I crossed over is I love the bodybuilding poses and I feel like I have the hamstrings for it, for some of the poses, a lot of people don't. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy posing more. And the problem I think is, um, at least according to the criteria online and the categories, you're supposed to be bigger and harder and leaner 
um, more conditioned, but the bodybuilders, it seems they've been rewarding like just the size period. So their girls with BB didn't have ab definition at all. You couldn't see their hamstrings. Um, they were bigger than me, but you couldn't see the definition. And then that's why I did physique as well, because naturally, um, you know, I like to be conservative with what I, the things I take for health reasons. And so I don't want to just push everything and just become a monster. So physique fits me better. Um, and it's just a matter of getting leaner. And it's really hard to do that for me with my legs, uh, just because of estrogen regions in the past. Um, but I decided to go for that, but trying to find the middle ground didn't work either because I wasn't lean enough and I wasn't big enough. So I pick one. Um, but in my opinion, it should really be bodybuilders should be bigger and leaner, whereas physique smaller conditioned, but not as much, you know? Yeah. And I guess it's kind of tricky because as they like to say, you can only judge what's on stage in front of you. And, right. um, looking at the, I, I just did a quick review in the shows and I would say like, you know, the, the top bodybuilders in that show, they had something probably more in line with like figure level conditioning. Like they had the size, they just yeah. were not terribly lean. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, so you see yourself as, as more in the, the physique mold. Um, so as, as you look ahead now and you're thinking about 2024, what's mm -hmm. on your agenda? Like, what do you, what do you feel you need to improve on there? Well, there's a chance I might still do one more show this year. Um, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I did, it'd be nationals in, uh, I think it's 12, 13 weeks. So um, yeah, I can get ready Texas for pre-show. Yeah, pretty quick, but it's, I would only do physique. So um, I think at least, and just go for that. I mean, last year I did junior Olympia as well, mm -hmm. and I only did physique and I got second. Um, but again, you know, I just wasn't, I needed to be leaner. Um, for fuck's sake, the how many year, second place finishes have you had at national level shows? Three, three, <laughs> three or four. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> that and I, I think we say that's yeah. some bullshit. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't like to blame the judges or anything. I mean, depends on who shows up, but yeah, it's kind of it does. But you can bold. you can be frustrated <laughs> by it at the same time. Like that's a very human response. I don't think anybody's going to yeah. judge you for that. So, um, yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, what was the scoring like at, at, uh, in physique specifically? Did, like, did you, did you get any first place votes? Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I didn't, uh, look at the scoring particularly. I honestly, I just wanted to put it behind me and I know that I need to, I know what I can do. And if I accomplish that with everything I was going through, I know I can step it up. Um, I just need to get leaner and hold my size. So, yeah. 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 I had a, a guy in North Americans doing classic physique and, uh, I looked at the scorecards and he did get two first place votes out of five. And I debated uh -huh. on whether or not I even wanted to tell him that, but I did. And he's like, he was the same thing. He's like, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah. but I don't know yeah. it's, a, it's a small victory. <laughs> I think just knowing like you were that close, like there isn't at that point, there isn't anything significant that you have to change. It's really kind of a roll of the dice. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. still potentially one more show. What are you waiting on to make that determination? Um, I want to give my body another week of, cause I mean, I've been prepping technically since like March. So yeah, I want to give it a week of being off of things and just kind of coming back to, uh, roughly homeostasis and then we'll see. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I was also going to wait to see who might show up at the show. Not that, you know, that matters again, but, uh, I'd look at the hotel costs if there's you know, all that, that crap. That's so. the thing. I mean, you want to know who's, you want to have some idea of like generally who's going to be there because it's not like there's, you know, an infinite budget to throw at this stuff. So you've got to make some decisions mm -hmm. that are kind of like, you know, is this worth it? Yep. Yeah. Um, and my, I guess, cause if anything goes on the show, my sponsor for this past show ended up, uh, being a total asshole and kind of playing me and half of the other girls sponsored um, to create drama behind our backs and make more competition. But he paid for everything and I had no idea that people would be that malicious. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but then he ghosted us on show day and it was like, I haven't heard from him since. And so I don't think he's going to sponsor me again, which is fine. I don't want to work with someone like that anyway, but yeah, uh, I have to figure out a way to fund shows going forward too. So. So feel, feel free to say as much or as little as you want, but this sounds like it was an individual sponsor, not a corporate sponsor. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead okay. and say it because I think he might be a danger to other women. Um, Tim likes. So, uh, yeah, just individual came to me, offered very generously to help me, um, but was saying that girls were talking shit behind my back, behind my back and, um, you know, about other women, which I didn't think was true, but, you know, we'd get each other's progress pictures and which is just not okay. Yeah. So a lot of yeah. stuff like that. That's the thing. You never know what somebody's motivations are. That's weird. Yeah. So, um, but again, behind me and we're just going to move forward. So, and that, that's, that's all you can really do in, in this sport, just because it is subjective. You have, you can only control what you do. You have no control over the outcome. You have no control over how other people see you. Yeah. Um, you have no control over how other people, you know, interact with you or support or don't support. Mm -hmm. So it really yeah. is like the ultimate kind of lone wolf sport. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you feel now? Like physically? Uh, well, now that I have food, great. Um, <laughs> food <laughs> well, fixes everything. Eating like a cucumber a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I feel much better. Um, I know what I need to do essentially. So I'm confident in that. I'm confident in like my posing and everything else. It's just a matter of doing it. Yeah. Like so. that's all. I mean, you've been doing it long enough. Like, yeah, you still yeah. have to practice posing, et cetera. But that's one of those things like that's a switch that you just turn on and then you just right. you're right back into the zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so North Americans was oh God, don't quiz me on this. It was only like two, two and a half weeks ago at this point. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So um this is something that I think uh a lot of people who are aspiring competitors, I mean you're a coach, you know this, and mm -hmm. um a lot of people who have maybe done a show or maybe two, they really struggle post show. And a lot yep. of that's because it's this big goal that they've been working towards and now it's in the rearview mirror yep. and then they're adrift without a rudder and it's like, what the fuck do I do now? So how do you right. approach things post show, especially considering that with going for physique and bodybuilding? you're going to have probably a more aggressive prep than somebody doing bikini, for example. So how do you, as I like to say, keep your shit together or find your shit again after yeah. the show is done? Well, it's, it, it's something that I do regardless. Like I always say, I go to the gym for mental health too. Like some people take off like a week, week and a half where they have to like get motivated again. I don't take any days off in the gym. Um, I might dial back volume, but not, you know, training days. So I think a lot of people struggle though with the food and that's kind of also what I do with yeah. coaching. And so I have to uh, walk the walk if I'm going to talk the talk. So that motivates me to, to not just go off the rails. But at the same time, I know that if I did, um, it just, you'd feel worse about yourself after. It's kind of being like, keeping the long game insight as opposed to just the impulsive, you know, um, instant gratification and whatnot that you, you want, most people want. Um, but yeah, it's not really, I guess it's just ingrained in who I am. So I don't have that. And also in regards to like, um, bikini girls, I probably do equivalent or less than some of them in how aggressive they are with certain things. <laughs> unfortunately but um yeah so it's really not not that big of a difference for me and my body i know it pretty well like i know damn well if, if i'm doing two hours of cardio a day and i stop doing that i'm gonna gain body fat i'm okay with that and i already did um but i know that my body rebounds okay half of it's gonna be muscle so i'm not worried but you know i've lost my striations i'm okay with that it, it, that's all temporary it's all temporary yeah. it, being lean and shredded yeah. is temporary being a little fatter yeah. is temporary too yeah and yeah. It's, it's healthier so um but yeah hopefully that answers your question I it does you know go off the rails or think about it yeah yeah so do you um do you feel like because i mean with what you do and like kind of your coaching specialty also do you feel like there's a little bit of added pressure on you to be like oh, okay i need to demonstrate that i can do this too Yes, um, but there's also the added, I guess, like just knowledge and, and container of what I know I need to do or what I, I should do uh, and being able to do it. A lot of people don't even know what they need to do. So like, I know that if I don't, if I tell myself, okay, no donuts at all, there's going to be a day where I have 30 donuts, like maybe not 30, probably 10, but still 10 donuts is a lot of donuts. <laughs> so I would don't let be a quitter. Have... You can do 30 if you want to. Right. <laughs> 
eight piece of a personal pizza if you try hard enough. Uh, so <laughs> I would just, I would just, you know, start to incorporate that food right away, as opposed to some people who would like their coach tells them be strict. You know, you don't want to rebound, but if you do that, ironically, you are going to rebound quicker. So I know that's what would happen to me. That's why I don't. Yeah. Are you? Uh not then necessarily a fan of what would be considered like a traditional reverse diet. That's really slow and methodical. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto. And I, I find yeah. myself kind of out on an Island with that. I'm like, you have all these negative adaptations yeah. that happen to your body during prep. And the way to undo those adaptations <laughs> is just to put on a little weight back on. It's like a recovery diet as opposed to reverse. Yeah. 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 I find that because people are kind of on edge and, uh, you know, from dieting, from prep. And I think if you keep enough of that edge on post-show, they are still carrying around a ton of cortisol. Like they never really have a chance to recover. Yeah. And yeah, if they can stick to it, then they're going to gain less body fat or slower. It's going to come back eventually. And right. there's just yeah. all the added stress from that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there was um, one one question that I got that's kind of related to all this, if I can dig it up. Um, where did mm -hmm. it go? It was, oh, shit. I should have pulled this up before. I'll I'll edit this out in, in post-production so I don't look like such a dumbass. But... <laughs> uh, oh, here it is. Um, how do you handle the physical pain of hunger. They say I get hungry too frequently and struggle to ignore it. Uh, well, kind of a broad question. A, but... Yeah. Yeah. There's different ways you can, um, approach it. Some people, I think it might be bordering on the, uh, the orthorexia spectrum of like, they actually get some type of gratification feeling hungry knowing that they're starving themselves and they're getting progress, um, which isn't always healthy to, to think that way. But, um, you know, if I feel my stomach, if I know that I'm hungry, I'll usually distract myself. I'll do something else. I will, um, replace it with like, I'll, instead of a protein shake, I'll put protein shake in a blender with a bunch of ice and, uh, xanthan gum and just blend it together and make a big fluff, you know, ice cream thing when it's the same amount of calories. So just increasing the volume, um, but really just distracting yourself, I think, and getting used to it because you know, you're going to have to be hungry at some point to burn body fat. It's, it's going to happen. I mean, it's just it's how the body works. You know, yeah. Biology. So, um, accepting that, I guess, because a lot of people feel hungry and they're like, oh, I need to eat because that's what normal people do, <laughs> but you kind of have to <laughs> detach that association. Yeah. 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 Um, there is a lot of this whole thing with competition prep, like this sufferer's mentality, like the more you suffer, the better off you're going to be. And I think kind of deprogramming yeah. that from people to some extent, like just because you feel more and more miserable doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a better outcome. Right. Yeah, that's it. Um, there's definitely a time and place of, of pushing it, but you don't want to push it too far. Like at the end, I knew I was in the danger zone when I when I was approaching like three hours of steady state cardio, which is different than what I do in the past of like less but more intense. But I didn't want to risk burning any muscle and whatnot with how I was eating. Um, but it was just time consuming. I was didn't have any more energy or the capability to have any more caffeine without a heart attack. So like I just <laughs> I needed to pump the brakes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, do you find that some people like, cause I, I, uh, I've coached people who at 13 weeks out, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so hungry. And I'm like, I just don't think you have a well-calibrated hunger scale. Like you're more hungry than you have been. It's not that bad. Do you find that, especially with people that are less experienced, that there's a certain level of just kind of being dramatic yeah. about it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually I'm glad you brought that up. Not a lot of people <laughs> think like that. Yeah. Uh, and not to say that, you know, they're being, babies but uh it, it kind of is like I'll, people will say like oh well i'm hungry but half the time like three-fourths of the time it's just emotionally it's lunchtime so they think that they need to eat but you don't need to eat even if you are your stomach's grumbling you don't need to eat i mean people starve in the desert for how many days like you're you're gonna be fine um but they act like they're gonna die tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah and you know i always refer back to the uh the famous mike tyson quote that everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth and for some people that first time of like really being hungry that's the first time they've ever been punched in the mouth um and it's like yeah. 
you got to get used to it and change your plan a little bit. Yep. Um, one thing that I always tell people is, you know, if, especially if they're following a macro-based diet where they have control over their own food selection, like you said, mm -hmm. higher volume foods, um, you yep. know, take a protein shake, replace it with a solid protein source, add some veggie to it. You know, just yep. you can you can have a shake that's 10 ounces of fluid or you can have the same macros in a giant plate of stuff with a bunch of just extra volume that doesn't add a lot calorically. Like that's going to help you way more. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, let me see. Uh, while I've got this up, there were a, a couple other questions that came through here. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I got to navigate the Instagram and figure out how to do this shit here. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I found him. I found him. Okay. Um, this is a good one. Uh, what is the longest time you have given yourself in the off season? Uh, well, I took a, what was it? Three year, five year hiatus of competing. So technically, I guess I, 2018 was the last time, but it wasn't really like a off season. Like I wasn't working on building. I was traveling and working on my, on my business. Um, dealing with asshole abusive ex-boyfriends like just i couldn't focus on bodybuilding um but i guess like actually actively upping the calories uh an entire year and a half okay year uh, and a half yeah maybe maybe off season i would characterize that differently i might say like in a concentrated like push or growth phase okay uh yeah probably like eight months then okay i guess and is that more just like, hey, calendar limitations, it's time to cut down, I got the itch, I got to get back on? Or do you find like there's uh, a shelf life, like you can only have a productive growth phase for so long? Uh, both, I think. But for me, it was really, um, I think I hit a point where I wasn't willing to go higher with the drugs and I wasn't willing, my body was resistant to going higher with calories. Um, I mean, I was eating 4,000 calories a day and I was putting at one point chicken, rice in a blender with almond milk and drinking it. And it was disgusting just I to get extra that, calories. In. I feel like that is the point. Like as soon as you start doing that, that phase needs to end. Yeah. 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 And that's why I was like, okay, this is, I was also like almost, I was like 190 pounds and my knees hurt. I just needed to cut. So yeah. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your stage weight? Like at North Americans? Uh, it was 160, 165. Okay. Okay. So yeah. 190 is not wild and crazy. It's just at that point, you're not yeah. super comfortable there. Right. Right. And at that point, I think my stage weight was 150 back then, but um, I would like to be 170, but yeah, like 190 isn't crazy to think about. Not like you were 210 or 220. No, no, no. <laughs> it, I could, but I just. How, how tall are you? 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 a that's a lot of 5'5". <laughs> five, five. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's a question. I think you kind of answered this already. Um, do you think not going harder on PEDs is keeping you from getting a pro card? Uh, honestly, probably. I probably could have done it a lot sooner, but I think it would have had repercussions of, you know, side effects that I would not have wanted in the long run. Um, and who knows, maybe that would have kept me from, <laughs> if that's even considered in the judging of getting my pro card. But, um, yeah, like this is the first year I even did injectables at all for uh, for a cycle for my prep. Uh, period. And a lot of people think that I take testosterone. I've never even touched growth hormone. Like, um, very conservative. So, had I done those things, probably maybe I don't know. But. Maybe. What if? What if? A, a story for another reality. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so. So that, that that's kind of curious. You said never touch testosterone. So, I mean, TRT is, is pretty commonplace if you go like, you know, very low dose with it. You just probably, I would assume you've monitored blood work and you just don't have the need for it. Well, actually this year I did. Um, and it was 10 milligrams every week, you know, very, very minimal, very minimal. But my levels were at total of nine, oh. like nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not even just like, with a rebound that was just, yeah. So I'm not by any means in the high category naturally. Um, and I, I did feel better, but like if you were to do that plus other things, it would ramp up too far, I think. And yeah. 
and some of those side effects start start to happen. I was like, eh, no, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, you've got to consider the total androgen load of everything altogether. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. it, it's interesting. So, never done injectables before, but um, which, which just says like two things to me. First of all, you're incredibly consistent with what you do, and you clearly have good genetics as well, because most people can't pull that off and compete at a high national level. Yeah. Um, I did do like my first injectable cycle when I was doing powerlifting way back in 2017, I dabbled. Um, but it was like six weeks of EQ at 15 milligrams a week. So it was like, you know, <laughs> compared no. to what other, I've heard other people do. Uh, no. <laughs> That's almost like a suggestion of a cycle. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, you can basically say I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one other question here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to assume, uh, one thing that this is, uh, this is an opinion, and I'm assuming this is for men, not for women. Is uh, 250 milligrams of test considered TRT or a cycle? Settle the debate. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, I would hope not for women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's like four times a gender reassignment dose for a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, over that. Um, so, I mean, it depends on if the guy's asking. Uh, I would get your blood work done regardless, because some people only need, you know, 150, 200, some people go closer to 500. It just depends on the guy and the person. And also your total test levels, as you said, it's more about the androgens and how your body reacts to the test, not the test period. So I think a lot of people get that wrong and they think they need more to be better. Yeah, and I would also, um, to, to your point there, get your blood work checked. And if your total test is at 850, there's no such thing as a TRT <laughs> dose because you don't need right. TRT. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so, uh, what is it about North Americans? Like what geographically, where are you? Is that a show that's close to home for you? No, not particularly. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the LA area. So, uh, oh. I think, yeah, I know it was just, um, I think last year, the timing of it, I had done, um, I was aiming for that show. I did a pre-qualifier and then because I didn't get it, I did the Olympia after, and then this time around, it just kind of fit with where I was aiming to end, to peak. Uh, but there's nothing particular about, I mean, I knew people doing it as well, but nothing special about that. But You're not like best buds with Gary Udit or anything? No, I, no, I don't even really know half the time who is the promoter. <laughs> I know, I, I know the names, but honestly, if, I, uh, if they, they ran over me with a bus, I wouldn't know who they were. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit about um, how you coach people. So um, I'm, I'm assuming just because most people do, you work with competitors and non-competitors alike. Is that true? Yes. Um, honestly, more so people who don't compete. Mm -hmm. So the not the average person necessarily, but you know, people who have never even set foot in the gym, people who just want to lose a little bit or gain a little bit of muscle. Then there's people who are like aspiring competitors and then competitors who need help when like the off season or they can't control their eating or they need to grow and they just haven't been training or eating correctly. Um, and there's people who want like advice with supplementation, just questions about that. So uh, I get pretty much a wide variety of people. Yeah. Would you say you're basically like teaching people about what bodybuilding is, whether it's competitive or not? Yeah. Um, bodybuilding by definition being like working on your body, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I always define it as like, you know, making a concentrated effort to improve your aesthetic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you train uh, in person or is it all just online? Just online now. Uh, when I lived in Chicago for five years, a while ago, it was in person too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I'm gathering also from like checking your social media and following you there. Like, would you say that you specialize in like binge eating recovery behaviors, like food fixation and helping people work through that? Yes. Yeah. That's my specialty, I guess you could say, um, because I've been through it and I've put together a whole program, um, like video course of, what happens, the process of like weaning yourself off, learning how to do macros, the science behind it. I mean, I have people come to me from other coaches who have been doing keto or whatnot, or just super deprived and they're afraid to eat a banana, like definitely afraid of eating, or like a piece of white bread, God forbid. Uh, oh my God, so the worst. I have to like pull them out of that psychologically and 
make them feel okay again about that. Yeah. It, it's hard because some people have been like harshly programmed um, yeah. and they are afraid of something. I don't know. I don't know what or why, but they are. Um, so let, let, let's, let's run down the, the, the litmus test here. So um, <sighs> thoughts. Um, now, clearly, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of these are great or bad. I just kind of want to get your opinion here. Keto. Uh, it works for certain people, usually not sustainable in the long run and more harmful for most people, I'd say. Have you done a keto-based prep yourself? But if you have like cancer, epilepsy, obviously, then uh, no, no. Okay. If I did a keto prep, I would probably pass that on the treadmill. Uh, <laughs> but I'm the person who can eat like 700 grams of carbs and be okay. So it's the opposite. Yeah. I, I want the record to show for uh, everybody who's just listening to the audio only version of that, that that was like the harshest hard no I've gotten in a long time. Like keto, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's okay. It's, it's, I'm the same way. Like if you throw a keto plan at me and somebody's like, this is how you get ready for a show. I'm like, yeah, then I'm just going to take up like, you know, saline or something instead. Like, no, right. thanks. Yeah. No homeboy needs his breathing. carbs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, intermittent fasting. This is the speed round here. Intermittent fasting. Uh, similarly, I mean, anything you can kind of, uh, uh, label in that regard i have similar feelings about a little bit better than keto but <laughs> it's still restrictive that's that's my problem with all these things they're too restrictive um and you always want what you think you can't have so people who can't eat after 7 p.m what are they going to do they're going to eat sundays after 7 p.m so exactly exactly i feel the same way on all this stuff like i feel like if you can take a diet and add a label to it it's suddenly a gimmick that somebody's making money off of in some way and there's probably less utility in it right yeah. I get asked right. all the time now yeah. about the carnivore diet and I've read so many good things about the carnivore oh, diet, et cetera. And I'm like, you want to talk about restrictive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know all the parameters to be honest, but I know that it's just <laughs> like, at some point you're like gluconeogenesis, your body's going to turn up to protein into carbs. So why would I just eat carbs? Like it's just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there's only so much protein you can take in for muscle protein synthesis. And then you hit a threshold and it's like, pick a different nutrient. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I want to start like the Cool Whip diet or Better something like that. <laughs> yeah, eat a sandwich. Um, so yeah. talking about like binge eating, um, what, what are some of the mm -hmm. like what, what I, I get this all the time as well, but I want to know, like, what are some of the common stories that people come to you with? And what are some of the first questions that you ask people or some of the first things that you ask these people to think about when you're trying to help them work through situations like that? Yeah. Uh, so I usually ask them, well, first we figure out like what their, it goes as deep as like what your values are. Cause if you value, you know, health over aesthetics, then yeah, you're not going to do CEDs ever. You're not going to compete ever. You're not going to push yourself to that extreme. So you got to figure out what you want in the long run. If you're doing it for like, you know, set a good example for your kids. Um, if you're doing it because you need to, because you're going to you know, get diabetes and die. Um, or if you just want to do it, yeah, because you feel pressured to, there's a lot of reasons. But um, I asked them, you know, do they binge? Do they eat emotionally? If they do, how many times a week? How often? What they eat, what they think a good day is, a bad day is. Because that tells me a lot about their mentality of food. Because um, if they think a bad day is like one Twinkie, then we've got a problem. Yeah. That sounds like uh, a damn good day to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of questions I ask them. And it goes as deep as like, you know, what uh, was your relationship with your parents like growing up? Like, did they make you finish your plate before you left the table and how did that make you feel do you hate eating vegetables now do you make your kids do that do you take your kids out for ice cream when they win uh, a game or like get an a on a test because that's also not ideal um and usually they do that because their parents said that's them but um yeah there's a lot of things i go around like environment their mindset what they're currently doing and what their goals are and their values and we kind of I make a plan based on that. 
Cool. So it, it seems like, you know, one of the things you said there was like using food as a reward. And uh, I guess if you use food as a reward-based system, then it can also be used as a punishment too. Yes. Yep. And so a lot of people will binge and have a crazy weekend or their cheat day will become a cheat weekend and they feel awful and they feel like they need to restrict, overly restrict during the week. Um, and they feel good about that, you know, doing, punching themselves with like two hours of cardio when they're not in a prep or anything like, uh, and that's not healthy either. So. Yeah. 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 I, I always, um, I always want to say like, you know, you can't, uh, getting rid of that reward and punishment, uh, dichotomy is like, you know, you, what you want to do, I think is remove the emotional attachment to food and that just helps amplify mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say, I, one of the terms I use is like, you want to just level the playing field. So if you think about pizza, you shouldn't get like so excited that you start planning out your weekend around getting pizza. It should just be pizza. Great. It's a highly palatable food. It's going to taste amazing. Awesome. But you shouldn't like be drooling over it. And the same goes for, if you think about like a vegetable or fruit or rice, uh, you shouldn't be like, oh, I have to eat that. Or like, I hate eating that. It should just be, all right, it's a food more or less, you know, and that's kind of how you're going to avoid that. A lot of um, what I've learned how to do over, like, I'd, I'd say for me, it's been like the last six months where I've kind of had this epiphany where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't need a cheat meal every week, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. you know, on Sunday, yeah. I had pizza for the first time in seven months. And it's like, it was good. Okay, fine. Moving on. I'm probably good for another seven months now. Um, yep. But um, part of that has been just a little bit more fixation on my training and my long-term goal and really just like, you know, food is fuel. It's a means to an end. <clears throat> Let's think about it that way. Do you think that some people really are not wired to have that kind of a relationship with food? Yeah. I think they're pre-programmed from growing up just like with, whether it's like innate genetically or like watching their parents and environment, um, or both, but yeah, some people can view it as food or fuel. Um, and some people truly, I mean, I've had people who, who cannot stop. Like, I mean, it, it took them probably like month, like, I don't know, eight months to stop eating anything for like pleasure period or like comfort. And it really like, you're going to always have to cope period. There's always going to be shit in life emotionally, like, Biologically, you always need some way, some form of, you know, coping, uh, but people don't know how to replace it. They don't, you know, or they hate going to the gym and so they're not going to, you know, they're not going to value fueling themselves because they hate being there. Yeah, fuel uh, myself for what? The shit I hate? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, and and if, yeah. if a lot of this stuff does come from like childhood behavior and you're talking like a 40 year old adult, like that's a lot of brainwashing to undo. Yep. That's why it takes a while. Um, I have people that work with me for like multiple years sometimes and it's just the accountability, like knowing they talk to me every week, but it's slowly, you know, little things like when you eat peanut butter using a knife, not a spoon because we're not eating peanut butter by a spoon. <laughs> so, well, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not, I, th I think I mean, I'm doing it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to, and you know, put your go for it. Um, but yeah, so there, there's binge Most eating. Most people have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's binge eating, and then there's also, I think, a uh, first cousin of that, which is stress eating. Um, yes. How do you deal with a stress eater? Uh, you have to find another way that they need to cope, or you have to remove the stressor, which is usually work or like their partner or something. And so that's like, I can't do that for them. Um, they need to figure out how to do that, but I can tell them that's the problem or, you know, push them in the direction of that. But there's stress eating. There's also boredom eating. Yeah. Um, I think that's, a, that's a big one for people or being lonely, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's stress, but they also don't know their stress when they're eating. It's just like they come home, they're all crumpled from work and they just reach in the freezer and they sit and they just sulk and eat ice cream. And it's like, well, do you even stop to think about the fact that like you hated your day at work? Did anyone ask you or, you know, that they just or, don't know. Or sometimes do you even know that you're doing it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I feel like I've, I've worked with some people who, who binge eat or just mindlessly eat like that. And it's kind of an out of body experience. 
Mm-hmm. Like they don't even make a decision to do it. They're just doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just so it's become a habit. And I, I also went through all this too um, when I first started, but I mean, I would sleep, eat, like sleepwalk to the kitchen, eat something and then wake up the next day. And my partner was like, why are there empty packages and like crumbs? Do you eat something? And I was like, no, I, but of course I did. There's a whole thing of rice cakes. Like, <laughs> rice cakes. Well, um, at least you're going for lower calorie foods. Yeah. But when you eat the whole thing, it's not really, <laughs> but so. <laughs> yeah. So self-awareness is important. Yeah. I, I have people ask me like, Hey, are cucumbers a free food? I'm like, not if you eat 80 of them. Yeah. Like, no, nothing's every- really yeah. yeah, everything counts in the end. So, um, yeah. I- interesting, interesting. So, sleep eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. How did you work through that? Uh, I increased my calories. So, that's another thing I do for people. Usually, they come to me and they're under eating because uh, they think my fitness pal or their previous coach told them 1,300 calories when they should be eating like 1,800. Um, or I tell them 1,800, but that prevents them from binging and eating. 2400 so really they're at like a net 16 and they're still losing but they're not trying to starve themselves at 13 so it's like the area under the graph you just have to make sure that they're under that but sometimes you kind of have to mentally trick yourself for them to do it yeah yeah i agree completely on that and so um that's what do you think like sometimes they just need to lessen the degree of difficulty like stop trying to hit such a massive deficit because you're failing at that just set your target a little bit higher and then when you don't have that 2000 calorie binge guess what your weekly intake is going to be a lot lower yep almost almost always and then also they stress about what foods they think they need to like pre-plan and everything needs to be perfect and they need to have avocado because of you know healthy fats and everything just it's like and one wrong move makes them just say screw it i'm gonna have whatever and so if you take away that pressure they're gonna actually make better choices um and not go over to it's a very binary thing for a lot of people like they're either totally yeah. on plan or oops i messed up so now the whole day is shot right and it's perpetuated by the things like keto in my opinion and intermittent fasting because they're such rigid you know structures that people think they need to do that too and some some people strive on that kind of on that kind of structure but i think yeah most yeah people in a dietary sense probably don't as much as they'd like to think that they would. Yeah. And the people that do thrive, I think they're, that's just something wired within them. Like the perfectionism, they get gratification like that though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's role play a little bit here and we'll try to keep this from getting too weird. So I'm, 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 I'm Darren. I'm a, a bodybuilder. I'm looking for a new coach. Oh, Paige. Cool. Well, she specializes in, in binge eating and stuff like that. So I'm going to email you and say, Paige, I've done a few shows and I'm looking to do another one here. It's like next year it's in you know early spring, May, something like that. By the way, I do struggle with binge eating a little bit. Like I can usually keep it together during prep, but um, you know, post show it's bad in the off season. I'm really unsure structured like you know can you work with me what are you going to tell me uh yes um but i would first ask them ask you if you are willing to just temporarily set aside everything you think you know <laughs> about <laughs> nutrition <laughs> and everything your previous coaches told you just have an open mind because uh, usually they don't know about the science of like as long as your total calories protein and fiber are controlled area like you're going to lose body fat regardless of the choices um, and then the macronutrients and, and the flexibility you can have essentially. So I show them that in the science, make them comfortable and trust me. And then I, you know, tell them the parameters and have them go for it. And if they do start to have issues, usually like you know, a couple binges happen. We kind of course correct every week on a call, um, and go over what happened, why it happened. But yeah, I would tell you that it's going to be a long-term thing. And also post-show, that's entirely different. That's, you know, we prepare you for that before that happens. So. Cool. And so part of, part of it is getting people to understand, like, flexibility in your diet is fine. Like, you don't have to be limited yeah. to the, the seven holy grail bodybuilding foods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you would not have a concern with me and my binge eating potential or history or 
present situation, possibly like jumping into prep for a show, knowing that the solution for that is going to be long term. So, hey, sure, we can still compete and then we're going to be presented with some challenges and we can work through those as they come up. Uh, usually, yeah, but it depends on how deep you're in the hole. So it's like you're <laughs> if you're bringing your food scale with you every single place you go and like weighing your salads and eating 1500 calories like before prep starts like your metabolic like you haven't even you know tried to get things up um then you're going to be entering a restrictive mode already restricted and it's going to be kind of like a train wreck so i would recommend that we prolong it take a little bit of a hiatus or off season and then wait to start prep when you're in a better place so depends on where you're at i like that approach i like that yeah so um okay cool Cool. I had a follow-up there. What was it? It jumped into my head and then like a little butterfly, it just floated away. Um, always happens. Uh, I, I took, I took a nap before we chatted and it's like, <laughs> it's like 20 minutes. I'm good. 25 minutes. I'm in a haze after that. It's like, yeah. are you a big fan of naps during prep? Uh, yeah, it kind of, I don't have a choice at some point. <laughs> I just I just, I'll just fall asleep. Like I set my alarm. I actually have a, a shock watch, an alarm that like shocks me because I will sleep. I like sleep that much. Um, so yeah, I, I like naps. How, how do you find something like that? Like I've, I've never, uh, I've never just, heard of a shock. I mean, watch. I was Googling. Yeah. Well, it happens when you, when you exhaust all the resources of loud alarm clocks and your neighbors complain. So <laughs> just, it, you can set it and it will zap you and um yeah it's called Pavlock. it's kind of great so I'm, I'm wondering what that google search looked like how how can i wake myself up with pain <laughs> most intense alarms yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so um yeah I, i'd like to um uh, uh, before we wrap up here i want to do a little yeah. um a little play a little game of this is your life so here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to do a little screen share here uh this and we're gonna go over here so all right can you see this oh yes okay all right we got north americans here so what i want to do is run through a couple of these and have you give us kind of a breakdown is it still sharing this uh the side tricep shot, or was I, was I just doing the previous window only? Uh, I can see the side try. Okay, cool. What do you see when you when you look at this? Strengths and weaknesses in this shot. What do you like about it? Um, I know that I was I was a little like anxious, I guess, or nervous because of, like you know the pressure and everything. So I like my presentation. I could have been, I think, bent lower. My legs could have been leaner. Um, I could have been turned a little bit more. My lat is totally covered by my massive bicep. Um, <laughs> so I should have been pulling my arm back a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, overall, I like that shot. It's a good shot. It's a good shot. Uh, which um, that raises another good question. Um, do you do um, posing work um, for clients as well? Um, not so much. Um, I, I do. I help them with that. But usually it's it's more so um i like to have them find someone local because they can it's it's easier for someone to actually do that in person um but uh yes i do also. gotcha cool um let's see yeah Here it's a the and i recently changed my posing how i did things this year so it was kind of and with my ankle, I didn't get to practice as much as I wanted to. Um, so it was an impact on cardio and with posing practice too. Yes. Yeah. I imagine. I imagine it was kind of killing some some stuff on leg day too. Yes. Yeah. Um, last year, I tore my PCL. I didn't even do legs six weeks leading up to the show. Jeez, but, Louise. Uh, so. Yeah, I know. My life is hectic. Um, so I was happy with, you could see my hamstrings for once in my life, but uh, I wish I would have been leaner again, leaned back a little bit more, tilted the arms back a little bit. Um, I have an ability to contract my, um, the, uh, and of course right now I forget the name, um, the muscles in between your, your ribs more so than other people. So I can actually like 
make my waist smaller. And mm -hmm. I can tell in that shot that I wasn't sucking them in as much as I could have. Um, so I, I don't want, like that about that. There, there's a whole bunch of back shots here. I'm wondering if it, if it got caught in one of these. It might. I can also send you like a before and after of when I do it. Cause it's like, I can take an inch off my waist if I do it. That's um, pretty awesome. Like that, that kind of proprioception and like, uh, you know, mind muscle awareness, like that, yeah. that's one of those things like in posing, if you've got a high level of that, you're playing yeah. a whole different ball game from everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of remembering all, you know, to do everything on stage. Oh, the 40, um, 47 cues that you have for, for every pose. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I hold uh, myself to very uh, high standard working with Sheila Black. And I was wearing her posing suit also, which was kind of cool. Ah, uh, cool. Which pressure was on though. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, rear lat spread here. Are these, these are taken from your uh, individual routine? It looks like, I mean, these are not, not the mandatories. Uh, actually, no, those, I think these were maybe from the 32nd, uh, intro at the okay. AM show. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my best posing, uh, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Some, some of these are, are clearly like there's some transition poses in here. Here's another back double, which is, looks like a pretty good shot here. Um, so back is kind of like, whoops, one of your specialty areas. Like I've seen you go on, um, on social media. Why is it doing this? Just stop jumping around, um, about like, you know, the methodology behind like how you train your back and knowing like, what areas are you trying to hit and what are you actually doing with these specific exercises? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and I don't know if it's because I am kind of, I don't really believe in like the term double jointed, but. I have very good mind muscle connection with like my scapula and whatnot. So I can, you know, isolate and move different muscles in my back. But in doing so over the years of training, I've figured out that there are different like planes and, you know, the upper middle and lower, like most people just go into back day and they think I'm going to hit back, but that, there's so much more to do it than I, that. I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to pull some shit. I, yeah. It's like half your body. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> entire backside of your body. So yeah, it's uh well, and the way you train lats from the way you train traps, like there's some, some big differences yeah. in those. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we got That's a little a bit, one. a little bit more lat showing on this one. Yes. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I wish I would have pulled my abs in a little bit more, turn my knee out. Well, that, that's the, that, that's the, the harm in photos like this versus watching it in video because you're breathing, which means depending on when somebody clicks the shutter, your right. abs are either going to look super distended or incredibly tight or somewhere in between. Right. And I don't have one of those like, you know, guts per se, but I do have a, a decently thick midsection. So I have to, like I said, pull it in. Yeah, that's an okay one. It's a good shot. Yeah. What, do, is there anything on this when you look at this where you're like, okay, I, I like that shot, but this needs to come up? Uh, as far as development goes? Yeah. So, I'm well, like I said, I don't have a super, super small waist. So I'm always trying to make my lats as wide and as big as possible. And I actually got my first massage for uh, first time in three years, right before the show. Yeah, I know. And she only had time to do my back in my... <laughs> Trunk. Uh, but it brought my lats out like an inch also. So I need to keep doing that and I need to, otherwise they'll like start to ball up and like curl over. Mm -hmm. Um, so I need to, I can see right there, like it was starting to get tight again. So I need to keep working on the upper lat. Um, but, and then the legs leaner, that's, that's about it. So. so you're a believer in high quality body work. Yeah. Yeah. At least if you, because it limits range of motion otherwise. So, yeah. See, I feel like this shot right here, it, it almost looks like it was taken at a different time of day than the previous back doubles that we looked at. Yeah. Um, I think that. I, I, I think was, it was just later in the same routine, but. Yeah. Yeah. I might have been twisted a little differently too, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good shot. Um, super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Is there anything that you, out of curiosity, you would, you see on that that I haven't commented that you would recommend or? Um, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, um, okay, I'm curious here. Hold on. I was going to say, who are you pointing at there? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's trying to do a 
nice transition, which of course doesn't look nice anytime you try it. <laughs> you can you can see the uh, the heavy protein fingers there too. Yeah. Good lord, who put that online? Yeah. Oh, man, my God. I know, right? It's like thanks everybody. <laughs> I honestly like I look at this and I see excuse me, a, a bunch of symmetry. I see quality development all around. I see somebody whose, you know, upper body is, you know, probably a good 15% leaner than her lower body, um, yeah. which, you know, yep. hello, join the club, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. like a little bit more sharpness in the hamstrings and the glutes and like that, that's that's pretty hard to beat, I think. Yeah, well, thank you. I, um, yeah, I really estrogen, uh, not necessarily total number estrogen, but like receptor-wise dominant. I feel because it's, man, my legs will not drop water and they will not get lean unless I start to add in the, uh, the serms and, and whatnot more than other women have to. So it's just mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. You, you don't find that, um, you have, uh, like you, you can confirm this with blood work. And I think a lot of women just know intuitively, like you don't have your estrogen doesn't crash just through a natural course of a typical prep. Um, it, it does. Um, but that's why I think it's more receptor based and just, you know, how my body reacts to it. But, um, I've always held body fat there. I've been like bottom heavy. Like I could, you know, see my abs, my first prep, it was like two different people. Like you could cut it in half. <laughs> like somebody Photoshopped you from like eight weeks out in show day. <laughs> yeah. So keeps getting better though. So fingers crossed my body is slowly letting go of the idea of like, we need to have kids. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um what uh do you do anything uh what, what what's peak week like for you is that pretty elaborate and pretty crazy or is it pretty simple uh it's pretty simple this uh time around I actually did manipulate normally like according to the science and whatnot i know you don't need to manipulate sodium and water and whatnot you don't need any drastic cuts but you do when you learn that what's normal to me was not normal to other people like if i have a normal four thousand milligrams of sodium every day in prep and I'm functioning fine. That's not going to be okay on peak week. So I did need to cut it down and cut the water. Um, and it works better. And would you cut that down to like 2,500, 3000 or like tank it much lower than that? I, I tanked it this time, um, because I didn't want to risk spilling over at all, but normally I would probably cut it down to maybe 15. Do you, do you feel potassium. like up that way a lot. yeah yeah do you feel like that worked out well though i mean obviously not everything worked out well but do you feel like that was a smart move this time around yes yeah so i'm going to keep doing that to a degree um and i i just kind of listened to my body and tried to do what i knew would work best as opposed to trying to fit myself conform to what other coaches said would be best for everyone so well, I think I'm kind of burying the lead here, so I, I didn't ask and I didn't think to ask, but now I'm going to ask the question. It sounds like you coach yourself. Yes. Yeah. I, I work with Sheila Black for posing, but I do coach myself otherwise. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I eat the way I do, I mean, it's going to sound crazy. I didn't even count macros most of my prep. I ate intuitively. So <laughs> That is not something that very many people can, can get away with and not look like yeah. shit on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> so did, was it just like, I mean, you didn't count macros. You were measuring stuff. You're just like, well, whatever the, uh, whatever the macro count is, it's like, whatever. And if I need to, I can just reduce it a little bit. I didn't even really measure to be honest. Um, yeah. Now you're was... just pissing me off. <laughs> I mean, I did like objectively, I, I know like, okay, there's 30 grams of carbs in this banana, but like, I, I just slowly, cut down things. And if one week I looked like I wasn't dropping enough, I would cut out more. Um, I guess I just know food really well because that's what I do. So. And at this point, if you're going to hire a coach, it's going to be like, okay, hey. hold on. Let me write up a book and let me give you the Bible right. of page. This is how I work. And it's just probably just easier right. to do it yourself. Right. There'd be so many things that they'd be like, why do you do that? So it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. never, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, it's okay though. great stuff. How can people uh, find you if they want to get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, Instagram is my main, I guess, platform website, uh, beef nugget with uh, N U G G E T T E. Uh, is that like the British spelling with the extra? No, e I was, 
my thought process in creating it was like, oh, it's the feminine version of a like a baguette, like nugget. I don't know. <laughs> a be- beef nugget. Yes. Um, like so I guess just message me on that um, or fill up a little, if you're interested in coaching, just fill up a little form in my bio uh, or email me at coaching at pagetanger.com. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, any, any parting thoughts, any questions that I should have asked and didn't? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I guess just words of wisdom to everyone is, uh, be cautious with, you know, what you believe and who you trust and, um, what you do to your body because yeah, health should come first, but it's a crazy sport and things we do. Uh, but it's, you just got to keep an eye on things. I feel like you'd be a great person to have back and we could do an entire conversation on how to find the right coach for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there are a lot, a lot of bad coaches. Uh, there there are. Reasons, so. Yes. Yes. All right, cool. Yeah. Stick around for a second. I'm going to say goodbye to the audience and thank you. Cool. This has been episode 230 fucking three or something like that. So <laughs> thank you, Paige. You are awesome. Thank Everybody you. check her out at beef nugget on Instagram. Yes, thank you. (laughs)